people around here, though. But that guy couldn't carry his blank strap. This is Armstrong and Getty. They're fat, dumb, and happy and entitled. You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. Oh, boy, you. And everyone in the country knows. Kind of a delivery. Sweet Jesus. Oh, my God. What a load of fatuous nonsense. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. I don't even use fake anymore. I call the fake news now corrupt news. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Studio C. Si, senor. You know what it is. It's a dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, everybody, little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Mike Pompeo's jockstrap. Hmm. That's it's not hot here. That's gross. Yeah, well. Really gross. It is perhaps the leading undergarment on today's scene. Certainly the most politically significant undergarment. So Trump said Mike Pompeo, uh, Adam Schiff couldn't carry Pompeo's jockstrap. Yes, he left out the word jock for some reason. He said blank strap. Which actually sounds worse. In a way, yeah. What are you trussing up that I can't even hear about? <laughs> what sort of strap is uh, being you know, strapped here? Do you have to wear uh, jock straps or you're at that level of government? That's how rough it is? Most secretaries of state have worn jock straps, yes. Keep your testes in tight and close to you? Yeah, even Hillary. Hillary um, <laughs> oh, geez. Steel reinforced. But since you mentioned Schiff, the impeachment story of the day is that he knew about the whistleblower thing early on, and we'll have to get into whether or not that's a big deal or means anything or whatever. Uh, it definitely has significance. Might be in the eye of the beholder, but of more interest, well, not of more interest, but also of interest is the fact that he specifically, categorically, clearly lied about that. Yeah, that seems to me, because when I first heard Schiff knew about this ahead of time, and I heard people using their outrage tones, I thought, is that a big deal? Is that a thing? Um, does that matter? But then when I saw some clips of him claiming he didn't, you know, on a variety of talk shows, I thought, well, okay, well, anytime you're not being truthful, you have to wonder why are you not being truthful? Exactly. Right. Well, and I don't know how much we want to get into this right now, but it changes. As opposed to talking about athletic supporters? It, um, don't be embarrassed. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never had a... I don't Playing think I was, hockey, yes. Uh, I don't think I was ever in a sport where I wore a cup. When I played third base in high school, I wore a cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Got to protect the boys. Who? I'm hearing voices in my head there. Don't worry about it, though. Yeah, there's nothing at stake here. Do you wear a cup at the radio show? I do. Mm-hmm. Most days. Early in the week, especially when, you know... <laughs> Tempers are most likely to flare. I only do when there's a constitutional crisis. If there's a constitutional crisis of some sort, whether over the border or impeachment, then I wear a cup. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a good idea. Mouth guard, too. That's why I'm a little mush mouth, too. I wear the uh, top teeth, you know, exactly. like a hockey player. Yeah. Anyway, what I was going to say is you have to take a different view of the whistleblower complaint when you know that his people, his attorneys, were bouncing uh, what it would say and how it would say it back and forth with Adam Schiff and the committee. There's an inspector general for the State Department 
or you know the intelligence uh, world. There's a place you go to file your complaint. The idea that and, and, you know what I IGs, really ought to do. And inspector generals are in theory nonpartisan, as opposed to going to a partisan member. Right, exactly. And here's my other question: Did his people also go to the ranking member, meaning the highest ranking right. Republican on the right. committee? Uh-uh. No, they were just coordinating with the Democrats. So again, listen, maybe. Trump was saying, we won't sell you any missiles unless you bring down old Hunter Biden. But unless that comes out, man, this absolutely taints taints just who is doing what and why. I wonder if Hunter Biden can keep his act together through this whole thing, because that would make things look worse if he ends up on the front page with something. Because he married the uh, the Instagram model right. a couple months ago right. that he knew for 10 days, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and he's had problems with... Um, Booze and drugs and gambling, and uh, so he could have some sort of splashy personal thing happen that would uh, spice the story up a little, I think. Wow, it it, it kind of sounds like you're rooting for that, which is beneath you. <laughs> I'm I mean, not. That's really low. I'm not rooting for it, but no? I'd be pretty spicy. Sp- what do we think of the word spicy? Mm, I don't know. I don't like I don't spicy, proof. as you know. <laughs> I'm anti-spicy. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there. I like bland. I like my food bland. Oh, boy. Let's start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good, good. Sorry about that. The microphone wasn't quite connected right. Hey, um, I, I had a um, dream last night, but I'm kind of ashamed of it. It's sort of funny, but um, it, it involved Bernie Sanders being part of the debate, you know? Hmm. And but he was standing up there, and he had a big oxygen tank next to him. Oh boy! And he was he had to take oxygen as he was, you know, sure. His which I've known no, I've known a no, number of old people that hauled around an oxygen tank, and they were fine. But I guess but somebody, it's not a good look if you're running for president. No, but somebody replaced the tank with like helium. Oh, now come on, that's just wackiness, it, right? And so he, and anyway, so he was doing. He started talking in a funny voice well, and made all the candidates laugh. And the moderators were trying to calm everybody down. Hot dream. I wonder what that says about your psyche. I, I don't know. It's not going to help Bernie at all. By the way, I the, the combination of the tank and the duck. Voice. I didn't realize he was seventy eight. <laughs> yeah, he's almost eighty, and he had a heart and some and you know he had some heart problems and uh, and and I, I you know I have no reason to think he's not going to be fine or anything like that. But um, I gotta believe that the doctor's not going to say, "Here's what we recommend for you. Uh, we think you should work about eighteen hours a day, travel thousands of miles per day by right. plane, bus, car." Every vehicle known to man. For goodness sakes, don't get enough sleep. Spend about six hours a day on your feet and uh, and, and live a high-pressure lifestyle. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's what we uh, recommend. Do you think he's just going to quit? Well, I, I don't know, but you know, based on any medical thing I've ever had, I think they're going to recommend that he, that he takes it really easy for quite some time. And in the, in the whole running for president thing, you, you, you pretty much got to do what I just described every day for two years. He could, yeah, he could ramp it up for a while and, and see how he feels, I suppose. He could pour all the millions he's raising into advertising. Uh, but you're right. It won't help. Won't help him a bit. Of course, he wasn't going to win anyway. Uh, yeah, crazy that, old socialist. Although he raised a ton of money this last quarter, he probably feels like he's got some momentum going. But uh, that'd be a hard slog. That's a physically grueling thing to do for a really old guy with uh, with some heart problems. For there's, anybody. There's yeah. positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Posted on armstrongandgetty.com. We have yet another trailer time with Positive Sean. That's right, everybody. You get to watch me 
watch a trailer, so it's almost like we're watching a movie trailer together. Ah, uh, isn't that fun? Doesn't sound that sound like a great time? <laughs> you Inclusive. have literally nothing else to do. That's only a couple minutes. What do you got to do? You just share in a cubicle, anyways. Which tra- which trailer? Just, which, just click it. Which trailer are you watching? Uh, the Irishman. The, the new, Irishman. The okay. Martin Scorsese. Uh, you know, Al Pacino, Bobby De Niro, Joe Pesci. Harvey Keitel, Ray Romano. Pursuing a pot of gold. (laughs) And you did the... Stereotypes, Joe. Offensive. Have you already done the Joker? Uh, Yeah, the Joker was... uh, I I actually rebumped that one up. I did that trailer uh, time a while ago, but that one is also available. You should be able to find that right towards the top. I'm reading more and more controversy about the Joker that I can't tell if it's fabricated PR for the movie or real controversy. I still can't tell. There is Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I got to tell you, I am. Uh, I'm rather shaken up this morning. I achieved another welcome to the digital age jolt this a.m. when I woke up and discovered I had a de- a dead smartphone. Dead? Your you smartphone still sh- died, and you still showed up to work. Battery run down completely, and for the first time, looking at the dead phone, I actually experienced mobile device separation anxiety. Mm. It's it's weird that we all get yes. that, especially those of us who are old enough to remember leaving for work or a trip or whatever without our smartphone sure. every single day for years and years and years of being fine. Sure. <laughs> and now if you leave your house, you think, right. how am I going to function? I'm just, Diane tweeted the other night. She said, I'm headed out for the night with my phone at less than 50%. Pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. Right. Right. I'd never really been hit with this before, but today it just really came home. I went, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How am I going to function? Exactly. It, it is weird. Yeah. That we're, that we're all there. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is Thursday, October 3rd, the year 2019. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. I like when I'm filling out a form and it says work phone. The hell do you need that for? Home phone, work phone, and then sometimes cell phone. Yeah. They're all the same. Right. <laughs> work phone. For almost everybody I know. <laughs> Why don't you just call me? you got to be Bernie Sanders' age to still have different numbers for all those things. <laughs> all right, then. Let's I'm be... sorry. I just didn't know. <laughs> all right. All right. No, we're not angry, Uncle Bernie. We're not angry. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. Uh, testifying at Mark. Believe it or not, I watch my words very carefully. There are those that think I'm a very stable genius, okay? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. i got to admit, I've not known people that say things like that. I've not known someone who says things like Mm. that. It's an interesting thing to say. Personally, (laughs) horror, you know, via the media, ever, yes. I'll tell you what, when he found out that New York Times story, and we'll be playing those clips about the shift and the knowing ahead of time, he thought, all right, I got a little something now. I got a little something to work with. Yeah. Fantastic. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, New York Times report, what did Adam Schiff know about the whistleblower accusations, and when did he know it? North Korea, latest missile test sending up some red flags, and life on Mars, NASA about to make a revolutionary announcement. Wow, those are all good stories that wow. we need to hear more about. How does uh, the bag of mail appear to you? It's nice. It's it's good. I'm still working to structure it. It's like the news Scorsese said, hmm? The smash hit The Irishman. It's a sprawling epic and must be edited. Fantastic. Right. Now, is, uh, is, is the mailbag tucked inside an athletic supporter for safety? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I tuck it inside my, my jock every every day. Fantastic. All so on no the way. So no prying eyes uh, you know, are able to see it in advance. Yeah, if you don't know this latest wrinkle in the whole impeachment thing, we'll bring you up to speed on that, and you can determine whether or not you think it's a big deal on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
and make you work for your dollar. Say something with that great radio voice. When you're listening to nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. Yes. Do you remember low-voiced bum, how he came and went was a national sensation? Ah, yes. Well, now we've got high-voiced bum, the opera-singing bum, who's gotten a record contract and is sweeping the nation also. And will probably end up on Dr. Phil, just like low-voiced bum. Got that story coming up for you. Wow. (laughs) You know, that's it's funny. I was just trying to decide whether to do something in mailbag or not. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I will because it's similar. First of all, your freedom-loving quote of the day sent along by uh, Jason, who listens to the uh, ANG show on KFBX 970 AM in beautiful Fairbanks, Alaska. Awesome. I believe we've referred to it as the fake state of Alaska. Sean used to live in Alaska. I lived in Fairbanks. Fairbanks. Shout out, Fairbanks. I had some friends move to Fairbanks, and for the first two years, they would not shut up about how much they loved it, Mm -hmm. Um, which is fabulous. Anyway, here's your uh, freedom-loving quote of the day from longtime cartoonist for Farm Journal, Walt Wetterberg. Where you find no humor, you find people afraid of truth. Mm. I think that is is very true. Are we done? Uh, The powerful, those who would rule you... They don't particularly like being accused or opposed, but, man, they hate being mocked. So that's good stuff. Thanks for sending that along, Jason. Appreciated it. I appreciate it. Boy, there's a lot of West Coast bum explosion stuff to talk about. First of all, though, John writes, Michael, the new West Coast bum explosion sound. Great job. Fantastic. The West Coast. Yeah. West Coast. Bum explosion. It's like Pulp Fiction. Every time I see it, I, I, I learn something. I was like, oh, there's that element. Right, right. Just really skillful. Michael and Hanson, I believe Hanson may have helped out a little bit on that. Yeah. Nice job, fellas. Uh, let's see. So, you know, I'm going to put that stuff aside for now. Um, except, eh, what time is it? Yeah. Um, uh, I lived in City A. Drug dealing was everywhere. Now I live somewhere else. Please don't say where. And there is no drug dealing. When that stupid woman you talked to, that was this activist who was against people taking back their neighborhood in San Francisco. Her, her, her point of view was indefensible and idiotic. Anyway, when that stupid woman said drug dealing was everywhere, you missed a good opportunity to educate. No, we didn't. We missed no opportunity. Never criticize us, Mary. <laughs> uh, drug dealing occurs where it is tolerated by police and citizens. Thank you for shining a light on this subject. Yeah, if there's You're any, it's just, there's, if there's anything I want to be clear for everyone all across the country on this West Coast bum, bum explosion story, is it's policy. It's not your weather or the price of rent in your particular town. It's policy on how you on, you, on how you handle drug addicts and the homeless and bums. Right, exactly. It's it's a voluntary thing, and your city fathers are, are betraying you, the taxpayers, and the hardworking yeah, and people. As am- simple as that. And that amazing New York Times story the other day, talking about California's homeless problem, and the one person they pick didn't fit into any of these so-called uh, "you should feel sorry for them" categories. This guy that they used as an example became a drug addict and ruined his life. Yeah, that's why he's homeless. Right, exactly. Uh, that's when, you know, the, the low voice bum, everybody's like, yes, he's, he's a bum, but listen to that. He has a low voice, so he's okay. <laughs> it was just so freaking stupid. Well, Why do you hear the opera it. singing bum coming up?
Yeah, well, I don't. You know what? I've got a similar story. I don't have the heart. Maybe later. Um, I, Joe Getty, one of my hobbies is I keep my ear open for sentences that I believe have never been spoken before in the history of the world. Billions of people for many thousands of years speaking. The idea that someone would utter a sentence the first time it's ever uttered is interesting to me. Jeff has nominated this headline, and he may have one. Zebra shot dead after causing accident on German Autobahn. Mm. Maybe the first timer. Now, you might point out, well, they didn't have a German Autobahn in ancient Rome, so that's kind of a stretch. But nonetheless, I'm not sure how many zebras have had to be shot dead on the Autobahn. How many zebras have there ever been in Germany? This puts the new back in news. It it had run away uh, from the circus. I assume. With its friend. So they shot it dead. Well, it had caused an accident, but poor zebra. It's unfortunate. Just yearning for freedom. Uh, We have an update on the whole impeachment thing. It's getting a little little flap. Both sides have got their, uh, their, their hairs up about, so. We'll explain that to you coming up next with Marshall's News. Plus, got uh, one of your gray men of bureaucracy uh, testifying on the Hill today secretly, and what he says could devastate the presidency. And the opera, or not. and the opera singing bum. Oh, good. We are still getting texts with people giving me their number. On how successful they think they are. That is, on a scale of 0 to 100, the average person says they're a 68. We did that a little later in the show yesterday. Maybe we should re, uh, re-put out that um, idea. Because it's kind of an interesting way to look at your life. And then where you've been throughout your life, higher or lower than you are now. Right. Also, we got the opera singing bum, which is a sensation. You know, I think the key to the success number is you just don't want to peak too early. I had two hit records at age 17, and I was the toast of the nation, and felt like a 95. Now I'm 50. I'm the assistant bagger at a grocery store. Well, I think at the end of your life, it'd be about the average, wouldn't it? And I'm an 11. Well, right. But yeah, but it's like, uh, and every golfer knows this, if you shoot 35 on the front nine and 45 on the back, you're miserable. You shoot 45 on the front and 35 on the back, you feel like a world beater. Oh, interesting. Counterpoint, Joe, those are the same score. That, that's that's <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. Right. Are you trending up or are you trending down? Right. It means everything. Huh. Are you leaving the golf course with the minty taste of success on your lips or poo-poo? I didn't realize this shows how much success have I had in my life. I didn't know success was minty. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I can tell you a lot of my is uh, bile flavored. <laughs> a lot of what I got that going struggle. on. That struggle. That's what that I had is. to describe my self image as a taste. It'd be yeah, like third throw up. <laughs> let's, let's, so, I'm so sorry. Uh, that was that was well crafted, if I do say so, but disgusting. And I apologize. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the New York Times report shaking things up. Turns out the Democratic head of the House Intelligence Committee, Representative Adam Schiff, learned about the outlines of a CIA officer's concerns that President Trump had supposedly abused his power days before that officer actually filed a whistleblower complaint. Fox News reporting 
This early contact with the whistleblower is something Schiff has repeatedly denied. The director of national intelligence has made the unprecedented decision not to share the complaint with Congress. And I want to thank the inspector general in the absence of his actions and coming to our committee. We might not have even known there was a whistleblower complaint. Fox reporting about numerous interviews where Schiff says his, we wouldn't have known about this whistleblower if it hadn't been for the IG. But there are reports Schiff's committee actually sent the whistleblower to the inspector general. I still don't understand why it's necessarily a big deal that he found out ahead of time. But the fact that he was doing interviews and not telling the truth is, you know, leads me to believe there's some some reason he thought lying was a good idea. We'll call him Shifty Schiff. We don't call him Shifty Schiff for nothing. Right. Well, he's a congenital liar. He absolutely is. And and you should know that about Adam Schiff. He will say anything. He said he had seen the top secret information that tied Trump directly to Putin, for instance. And he said that for months. Here's why it matters. It's the nature of the complaint. It, the, the left is trying to portray this guy or gal as a uh, a real patriot, somebody terribly concerned with the country. And went to the uh, inspector general, and the inspector general bravely ignored the evil Trump administration, blah, blah, blah. But no, the whistleblower went to the committee and was coordinating in one way or another, and it's still kind of cloudy in exactly what way. Um, All right, what should the complaint look like? Uh, What should be in it? Adam Schiff says, we didn't see it. We didn't help write it. That's wrong. Um, And and that may be. But then uh, once... The whistleblower and the committee, the Congressional Committee Democrats, yep. not the committee as a whole, not right. the ranking member, the Republican. Once uh, Adam Schiff and the whistleblower's people got their cards ready, then the guy went to the inspector general. It just it's a, it's a very different approach, and it makes you wonder why. He's a shifty, dishonest guy. Trump citing the uh, New York Times article during yesterday's Q&A with reporters. Just happened as I'm walking up here, they handed it to me. And I said to Mike, I said, whoa, that's something. That's big stuff. That's a big story. He knew long before, and he helped write it, too. It's a scam. It's a scam. Well, nobody nobody has brought forth any evidence that Schiff actually helped write it. But you've got to ask yourself, why is Schiff lying about it? Right. If, unless it means something. North Korea's state-run news agency says the communist state has successfully test-launched a ballistic missile designed to be fired from a submarine. This would be a very dramatic first for the North. Yeah, because I guess it's uh, harder to tell if they would launch a missile where it came from. Right. Um, and intercept it. It's just, it's well, it makes it more difficult. Right. Wednesday's launch coming as the U.S. and North Korea scheduled to resume nuclear negotiations this weekend. And is there life on Mars? NASA's going to be answering that question very, very soon. One of their chief scientists is saying they are close to making some announcements, and it will be revolutionary. Does that well, mean- if there's no life on Mars, that probably wouldn't be revolutionary, would it? So you think I they're guess- going to announce there's uh, life on Mars? Like teeming cities, bustling? Yeah, that's it. Anyway, the question you ask is, does that mean aliens? Well, who knows at this point, but the Planetary Science Division Director Jim Green adding to the intrigue by saying, quote, I don't think we're prepared for the results. You know, in- intelligent <laughs> life... Uh, you better get prepared, smart guy. <laughs> intelligent life would fascinate me uh, if it existed anywhere in, in the world, but... You find a planet that's got a bunch of squirrels and trees? I don't think I care that much. You don't care about squirrels and trees? 
I think fascinating. I'm, that's kind of interesting. I mean, just because we have always wondered, but I, I, I just don't think it means that much to me. Yeah, Mike hey, Groves, I, got... I understand the scientific significance of it. Sure. But just speaking personally, I've always assumed there are many, many places in the universe with life. To assume otherwise, it makes you a moron, in my opinion. There are, there are as many galaxies as there are grains of sand on planet Earth. Galaxies. And you're going to tell me? Millions of star, thousands or millions of stars, <laughs> which might have 20 planets each. And you're going to tell me that there's no life based on what theory? Because we're the best. <laughs> well, we are the best. But yeah. again, you can find a planet if it's full of trees and squirrels and lakes. and right. I just I don't care. Other than maybe send me there. Can I move there? Yeah. (laughs) What what does real estate cost there? Sounds nice. And it's one and done in Oakland. Eat squirrel meat, squirrel pelts to to wear. Sounds great. One and done in Oakland. The A's race battle for the AL wild card ended badly for California. Pagan gets the sign. The right-hander is ready to go. The pitch on its way. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. And Houston here we come! Tampa Bay! The Rays uh, were world beaters last night. They just looked fantastic. And uh, A's, if you if you put your ace on the mound and he gets slugged around, it's just rough luck. I put on my A's hat for the first time this oh, year. Now we know what happened. Oh, Sat oh. down on the couch. Oh, and oh, we have oh. an answer. Yeah. And the leadoff hitter hit a home run. There you go. Yeah, and that's what happens when I uh, join your bandwagon. You guys can shove your correlation and causation nonsense. I think we figured it out. Yep. You do gotta like the story of the Tampa Bay Rays, which I knew nothing about. Lowest payroll in baseball, 60-some million dollars for their entire payroll. The Red Sox, who aren't in the playoffs, spent $250 million this year on players, <laughs> which is absolutely amazing. Uh, their highest-paid player makes $8 million a year. There are teams who are not. You're, you're barely going to get on the field as an $8 million a year guy. Right. Right. Or so that's been... You know, the yeah, other you got guys who haven't played in four years making eight million a year. <laughs> of course, the problem for the sport is they played in front of an average of fourteen thousand people all year long, which is not good. Come on, Tampa Bay, support your Rays. Got your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So, a couple of things. If you didn't hear the whole um, segment on success, I can run through that real fast because we got some more people giving us their score, what they think their score is. It's kind of interesting. Um, especially how you feel about your what success to you versus what you think other people think success is. Mm-hmm. Yet it runs completely counter to almost every text we get. And uh, you need to hear about high-voiced bum, which is the sensation that's sweeping America and bringing a tear to everyone's eye. Any chance high-voiced bum can tour with low-voiced bum? The opera singing bum. That's on the way next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, fantastic. Bringing tears to my eyes. Oh, that's some nice singing there. So there you go. There's the singing bum. So do you remember low-voiced bum from a couple of years ago? You could forget Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. (laughs) And nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. You see, he was a bum, but he used to be a DJ. Now, he had his girlfriend turning tricks in a tire store parking lot, but because he spoke clearly and had a low voice, people thought, oh, this is a happy story. <laughs> <For> <laughs> because people are stupid. <laughs> 
Anyway, he got a... There are 50,000 low-voiced people out of work in radio because it's a dime a dozen. But he ended up in L.A. with a minor contract doing voice stuff, and then he was on Dr. Phil and lied to Dr. Phil and got back on the drugs and got him into rehab, and it was a whole mess. But now you got high-voiced bum. This is a <laughs> woman who is pushing her shopping cart through a full of crap through a, through a subway station, and somebody got video of her singing. And uh, and it's gone wild, and now she's signed a record deal, Joe. Oh, boy. The Grammy-nominated producer has drafted a letter for her to hope to make a huge classical EDM crossover hit record they got for the, what they're calling the Subway Soprano. EDM? Wow. Electric dance music. Right. She's going to do a... Wow, okay. All right, there she is. Okay. Yeah, it looks staged to me. That looks like a publicity stunt. I don't know. Whatever. Whether yeah. it is, whether it isn't, I do. Well, she got to do a tour with the low voice bomb. He can announce every tune. Here's Puccini's O Mio Babino Caro. <laughs> with his low voice. Did you hear him? He has a low voice. I could listen to Joe talk up opera songs for as long as you guys want to do it. <laughs> now, Mozart's Queen of the Night Aria from the Magic Flute. Well, as we talked about at the time, it's such a weird impulse that a lot of people have. I don't have it, but a lot of people apparently do. That if you have some talent, I think a lot of homeless people probably have some talent uh, in a variety of other areas. Well, you shouldn't be homeless. You can have a low voice or sing a little. Or I thought you were completely bereft of all human qualities. It's just weird. I know it's weird. Listen, we got this email. Um, well, I, I won't even talk about the email yet. But I'm watching this show that I really like, and I'm not going to get into the particulars because it'd be a distraction. But storage wars. They exactly. But they have a character on there who's I think supposed to be on the autism spectrum, as is autistic or or uh, Asperger's or something like that, and. As a parent who's been dealing with this for a very long time, and will for my child's entire life, I've become aware of the way Hollywood approaches it, and it's just like the low-voice bum thing. Uh, this girl, they indicate to you that she has challenges because she says that she knows she's supposed to look people in the eye, but you can tell she doesn't want to, and she's quirky. But it's okay because she's super beautiful, and she's a computer genius. So it's like, it's okay. It's, it's, it's good because people like that, they have superpowers. And I get it. I get it. You don't need to take on the weight of the world, but it's just become annoying to me that, that well, the people who, who, who deal with that, it's, it's, I don't have to, I don't know what it is. And again, you don't have to take on the weight of the world, but it's like I, I served on a jury with this soft-headed jackass who just kept going on and on about blind people actually have more perception than the rest of us, and their hearing is acute, and they have insights that the rest of it... It's that you don't want to admit that sucks. You know? Hollywood can't just say, yeah, it's merely just really difficult and will be for your whole life. And sometimes these people have some amazing abilities, sometimes they don't, and it just sucks. And it's just, it's annoying to me. Well, and I'm on, sure other people who deal with this are similarly annoyed. On the bum thing, I, don't, I, just, I just don't get the whole, I don't know what happened with this woman, but the low-voiced bum guy had done a number of things to make his life miserable, and whether he has a low voice or not, I don't see how that factors into the story well, at all. People don't want, they want to think, oh, so he's not just a 
idiot who makes terrible decisions and is a junkie and has sex in public with his his trick turning for drugs girlfriend at a tire store perhaps the least sexy store sort of store there are, is maybe plumbing supply i don't know um uh, less sexy but uh, the idea that oh it's a it's a happy story it's a happy story there are some people who just need that i and guess I, I guess who am i to judge them but so i'm guessing the uh, low voice bum and the opera whoever singing those bum. people are they watch Good Morning America or something because those shows go crazy over right. stories like this. So uh, I don't know what those people would where they would say they are on the success scale, but the average person says they are a sixty-eight. So they ask people on a scale of zero to one hundred, uh, how successful do you think you are? You're according to your personal definition of success, whatever that may be, how successful you are. And the average is sixty-eight. I'm surprised it's not higher than that. I got to admit, I said yesterday I think I'm a 75. But if I hadn't, if it if the number hadn't been pegged at 68, like that as being the average, if you'd have just asked me out of the blue, I think I'd have said in the 90s somewhere. Huh? On by my own personal uh, definition of success. Yeah. Here's a question for you: Is it adjusted by age? Do they ask a 23 year old who's six weeks out of college? How successful do you feel given this point in your life? Uh, or or I no? Think just, just right in general. This moment in time. Okay. And yeah. there's some interesting uh, numbers here. Well, first of all. Um, the headline out of this to me was that 80% of us feel like our version of success is different than what uh, society's version of success is. We think that other people are judging us on how much money we make, on our car, how good looking we are, that sort of stuff. Um, but we're deeper than that. We we base our success, uh, how successful we feel, based on our family relationships right. and whether I'm a good person and honest and stuff like that. Right. But the rest of the shallow world is looking at me differently. Right. And 80% of us believe that, which means that we, the vast majority of us, do have the better view of success, I guess. I don't know why we have to feel so, have such negative thoughts about our fellows, but mm-hmm. it's, that's just kind of interesting on its own. Well, it's interesting. I, I'm I don't have that contrast. I uh, judge my success entirely on material means. Well, that's what's interesting. I'm wearing eight hundred and fifty dollars designer sneakers right now, over seventy five dollars socks, and I only wear them twice. <laughs> but we, I, I, you know, I was in a store the other day. Honest to God, nine hundred and fifty dollars alligator belt, nine hundred and fifty dollars belt. Mm. I'm thinking. You just you got uh, Silicon Valley money. You got billions. You like the belt. You don't even look at the price. I guess you just need something to spend money on. I guess or I, I don't know. I, don't I know. have owned cars that were oh, oh absolutely fifty dollars. Absolutely right. Um, uh, I still do actually. I got a couple on my uh, property right now. Cost um, you nine hundred and fifty to get them all the way. Um, we got this text. We we got several uh, similar. I'm 34 and I have a $750,000 net worth, but I feel like a 40 because I know I can do more. Um, that's interesting. Uh, but we got a number of people who did send texts talking about the size of their house and how much money they make and where they are on the success scale. Now, I don't know if the sort of person that texts a radio show about their success number tends to be a different category. It might be. Maybe the people that care mostly about family relationships don't text radio shows. I don't know. But we got more text with people mentioning how much money they make or how much they have than than not. Even though, according to this, 80% of us uh, value um, relationships, character, that sort of thing, over money and material stuff. Very liberal and somewhat liberal respondents reported re- lower levels of personal success than conservative or very conservative. 
With the average being 68 for very liberal, it was 63. For very conservative, it was 71. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, we could psychoanalyze that a little bit. Females assign 20% more importance to the attribute of being famous. Oh, good Lord. And 30% more importance to has a large social media following as perceived factors of societal status. Great Scott. Yeah, jeez. That is something. Uh, Americans who have achieved more personal success rate their lives as being better than those who have achieved lower levels of personal success. So if you have a higher number, you're happier than if that doesn't, it wouldn't. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I think we can just leave that one lie and move on. Was that (laughs) research necessary for that? Yes. I I, I just, I find the idea that the average is 68 surprising to me. The whole. In terms of too low or too high? I thought it would be higher than that. The female lust for fame. What's that all about? Being better thought of by more people is more a communal community connection thing, and women famously are are more about that. I guess um, guys just want to own expensive machines and 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 run them. What number do you think you are right now? Four one five two nine five KFTC. I think I've ranged in my life from uh, about a, something in the teens to something in the eighties, uh, depending on you know the point in my life you're looking at. Right. Exactly. Wow. It's not a it's not a number that stays the same throughout your life, no doubt about Would that. Would you like to touch my belt?